Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. G'day guys, it's Zane True from the West Coast Eagles and you're listening to Eagle Nation. On this episode, it's all about the draft and the next generation of Eagles. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome tonight. How you going, Dan? Great few uh, nights that we've just had of the draft, mate. Uh, very nerve-wracking. Imagine what it would be like for the players. Yeah, a couple of very exciting nights. And um, you almost couldn't wait for the second night to get the whole picture, not just the one night. Yeah, and uh, after the sitting down, getting through the second, third, fourth rounds, I'm very excited for what we've done. Yeah, look, uh, you heard at the top of the show there, Zane True. He was a um, draftee last year, and he was touted top 20, and he slipped through to the rookie uh, picks. Uh, unfortunately, this year we didn't pick any in the rookies, but we'll talk about that after we talk about each player pick by pick. The first one, pick 14, plus a second round pick for 2022. We got... Campbell Chesser from the Sandingham Dragons. Uh, he's a balanced midfielder and defender, speedy, productive mover on the outside. And from all uh, things that I've heard about him in the last two days and him talking, he's eager to get over here, mate. Yeah, uh, they definitely went in with a plan. He was their man. Like, we don't know much about him because he's played in Victoria, and between COVID, they had very limited amount of games the last two years. So if you got a slight injury, even if it wasn't a serious injury, that impacted how much games you could have. So this player was touted as one of the best in the comp. He was touted as a top 10 player. Top 10 he, he was Cameron. a co-captain yeah. with Hobbs. So that shows you how elite he is. And we, we highlighted that. And you talk about how speedy he is. He fits our needs perfectly. As fans and even ourselves on this podcast, there's a few things that was a very common thread throughout the last season that we went poor. It was, oh, we need to take the game more on. Um, well, that's exactly what this kid does. He takes the game on. We lack pace. We go too slow. Again, this kid's speedy. He, he meets that need. And the fact he already had our bloody jumper from... Over in Victoria shows he was always that mean, which well, means that yeah. But that trade we made, what a masterstroke! Because now we got a second round pick next year too. Have you heard the story about the jumbo? Oh, I'm I'm over Castor, but yeah, let's hear the story. Well, um, they were all at um, some pub in Richmond, wherever it was, and um, there was quite a lot of uh, players there from Victoria, and there was a reasonable amount of uh, club officials and all that. And the club official apparently just picked out any jumper. <laughs> and didn't realise it was a 2 extra large. Yeah. And it was right at the last minute because we did the trade with Port Adelaide and they chucked it at him. And when they put on that, they said, oh, shit, you know. Yeah. Um, and next next day they got one that fitted him for the photo shoot, so that was pretty good. Um, interestingly, like we just said, um, and, you know, I know fans want – they go into a draft and it, it, it includes myself – we had picks that we want to get, and it got to our pick, and the rumours had been that Eagles were going to drop back and pick this guy called Campbell Chesser, and people say, going, well, why aren't they picking Matthew Johnson? Why aren't they going to do this? Why aren't they going to do that? Now, if this kid hadn't done his meniscus and played a bit more football, he probably would have gone in the top ten, and from what I hear, without saying too much, um, we rated him higher than pick 10. So that's the reason why we've gone Campbell Chesser. He's got speed, his kicking is brilliant, and like you've said all along, Simo loves people that can kick the ball pretty good, right? Yeah, bad kicking is bad footy. He's got versatility, he's got outside run, he runs both ways, 
And he's only got a few little things to improve on, and it's probably his contested game. But as an outside runner, that's the reason why your contested game is a bit lower. So, well, and he's even said that. You know, he's an outside yeah. runner. So, and he breaks the lines. And like you said, that's what we need. A hundred percent. I think I've probably mentioned the podcast, but I've definitely mentioned it on a vid with uh, Tom from uh, Eagle Fan TV. Is we needed someone to compliment Gaff on the other wing. We actually needed an outside runner. Um, and that's exactly what we've got, which is, um, as far as I'm going brilliant. Um, and it's funny because you mentioned the WA boys. They've played so much footy and they're under our nose. So you think, let's get Johnson, let's get these players, because they're under our nose. These players are more unknown because of circumstances. The more I heard about this kid, the more I think we've done the right thing. Um, watching on the AFL app, they were. They thought it was a masterstroke what we did. They spoke so highly of him. And the more I read about this kid, the more I reckon we've just hit the nail on the head and got such a great player. Yeah, look, it's, uh, time will tell. And um, like I said, I think everyone's a bit excited. And once people are, you know, worked out that you know the recruiters do know more than what we do. They see a lot more than what we do. The media pump players up like in big games. They don't see all the games. Um, and it's taken over not just the last few games of the year, it's taken over two or three year um, watching of some of these players. So just think about that, guys, when you're on social media and you're going to bag the recruiters because um, a hell of a lot went on. And I'm just hoping uh, when families get on the social media, they don't read all that shit. But it does come down to passion. And at the end of the day, I think we all should be happy. We'll get on to the next pick. Pick 31. Brady Hogue, I think it is, or is it how? Do you know the actual pronunciation? I believe it's Hoff. Hoff, or oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Two out of three had been. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, there's no hassle for the Hoff, so I just love that. Uh, well, he's from Pia Thunder, 189 centimetres, 74 kilograms. The utility. Now, start of the year, he was playing down at Harvey in the country football, and um, it was touted through the media that Eagles had spoken to him, gone down and seen him in Harvey and then he uh, went up to Peel and had a few goes and um, look, he was probably just a shock pick for the night for me Yeah, because I had him probably towards the back of the draft, probably in a rookie position. Um, look, um, if you have a look at his highlight package online. It was good, wasn't it? He's got a lot of poise. Um, Tackles too. He's very... Uh, he's got a lot, very good balance, his versatility, his work rate is just second to none from what I hear and um, from people that I know down at Peels, he's got plenty of upside and um, yeah, they're not surprised that he was picked at all. So yeah, look, to some some people were probably saying, who, who, who is this? Well, but um, hey, he's on, the, he's on the list, so he does his best work moving forward, he's got good decision making and uh, he can hurt oppositions. Because he's a good kick and he can hit intended targets pretty easy. He's kicking again, kicking. Yeah. Well, the, the w- key word for me then is upside, mate. Like, this is the player I know probably the least about. It was a bit of a surprise. But his development over the last 12 months, again, we've been able to play footy in WA, has been huge. He has improved so much. Um, as you said, he was only playing school footy. And then he's playing at waffle level. Uh, end of the year, I think it was the Colts. He um, had 22 disposals and a goal in his uh, first game, playing at the highest level at that stage, um, which is amazing. So they look at that, and as again, I'll repeat, upside was the key word for me. I think they look at this player and think, 
how good can he become, especially if he's put in the right AFL program, if he's developed this much in 12 months, what's he going to be like another 12 months on from now or 24 months on from now? I think they see huge potential in this kid, and I agree 100% with what you said. His highlights package was amazing. I was blown away how good his highlight package actually was. Yeah, look, um, it's good that he, he got to where he was in the short space of time and the big jump up from country footy down to... Colts and then into the league and you know he was under 19 selections as well so um, you know again Eagles are uh, drafting to fit a need and you can tell that straight away just on the first two picks looks like our game plan is going to probably involve a little bit more running Um, who knows could work in our it, 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 it could still be a kicking based game plan but taking the game on a bit yeah. more um, which these players look like they do from their highlights, Chesser and himself. Um, a WA boy, which is good because there's always that going home factor. But the good thing about Chesser earlier too is that he's a Vic country boy and the Vic country boys are less likely to go home So because they're used to going to boarding schools and living away. And that's something Jonathan Brown's always said. Like Vic metro boys go home a lot. The Vic country boys don't. So the fact we've got a Vic country boy and now a WA player in Hoff is really good that these players might be 10-year players for the Eagles and stay at the club. Well, Ch- briefly on Chester, he did say he was preparing to go to Brisbane because that's where he thought he was going. Yep. Um, and he's a Collingwood supporter, so Ooh. now he can watch the 2018 Grand Final and be happy about, be happy about it. it. And so can his old man, who's a Collingwood supporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be interesting in that household. All right, let's get on to uh, the next pick, and it's one of the faves that I, I actually predicted, I think. 37, and I've been into this guy all year at uh, Waffle level, and we picked Rhett Bazo from Swan Districts. He's a 195-centimetre, 86-kilo defender, but he can play forward. Um, and, look, anyone that knows the name Steve Bazo, that was his dad. He was a Swan Districts champion. He played for West Perth, played for Peel, and then he went on and did country footy, I think. Um, if he's half as good as his old man, we've got a champion in the mist. And this kid, he's got to put on a bit of weight. He's got a thin frame, but he's only young. But reading the play, intercept marking, composure, versatility. Um, I'm ecstatic this kid was available at our third pick because I thought he would have been snapped up by Richmond or Geelong. Um, so I'm ecstatic. Yeah, he's another one that the longer the year went, the higher he was rated. Um, Before the draft, they were saying between maybe 15 and 25 he might go because he just couldn't put a foot wrong. Um, He's paid on so many fours too. Ruin, what's his name? Went to Melbourne. Jackie Van Ruin. Van Ruin. He uh, actually played a lot forward too, not just back. Now, he kicked three goals in the first quarter of a game. So, like, oh, we're in trouble. They put Bazo on him. He only kicked one more goal for the next three quarters after that move. So, he's so talented. And that goal, Bazo was off the ground. Yeah, and you watched it, <laughs> was he? So, technically, he didn't even kick a goal on Bazo. But his highlight reel, I love an intercept marker. I think we've been spoilt with McGovern. Brass likes to intercept mark. Even Hearn does it a lot. And you watch his heart. He just reads the play and intercept marks. And, I mean, let's be honest, Melbourne won their premiership this year on two fit key defenders that intercept Mark in Lever and May. So to get him at pick 37, an intercepting marker that can be a key position defender for us in the future, I mean, Gov's got two years left on his contract, but now we've got Bazo Edwards behind Barras. 
Like suddenly we've shored up our key defence for years and years and years to come, which is brilliant. Yeah, look, um, I'm just I'm over the moon, and I'm not just one to drink supporter. Um, I should be a hater because they ruined my footy career. But um, yeah, I'm just ecstatic that that kid was still available, and um, yeah, uh, like you said, I agree with everything you said, and. If you're an Eagles fan, get used to that kid because he's going to be a, I reckon he's going to be a champ. Yeah. Um, and you said, you know, to me, some actually, I think on a few little things I did read, it, some said it was a steal for us. Oh, uh, and, I can't remember if it was the AFL app or the Fox Footy. Yeah, they said he was the steal around. They dissected the draft, you know, what was the best mature ager, what was the best slider, what was the best bolter, and what was the best steal. And he was in the best steal category, top of the list, um, pick 37, mate. And that was our pick we got from Port Adelaide. So these second-round picks are very handy, Sam. We got another one next year. Yeah, it's amazing. And, yeah, Port Adelaide must like uh, trade my bus, so it's pretty good. Yeah, very <laughs> amateur. Wasn't we'll, it? We'll, we'll, we almost we'll, helped each other out, didn't we? They probably gave us uh, one of our best draft picks coming up. Um, another guy I'm pretty uh, wrapped to get on on board, and I, I didn't have him in my predictions and all that because I thought he'd be gone by somebody else. Um, pick 57, we picked a guy called Jack Williams from Mishra Mantle, uh, 195 centimetre, uh, 93 kilogram key forward. He can play ruck as well. Now, this is what I'm going to say. A lot of people are going on about Amos, and Amos is a good player. Don't don't get me wrong; he kicked fifty-one goals. But Jack Williams, to me, is the probably the a, a better all-round footballer. And in sixteen games, he kicked forty goals, twenty-four in the Colts. So that's nothing to be sneezed at. It's only ten goals less, and um, Amos played six games more. So that just puts a little things into perspective. And the first thing people are going to say: we got rid of Brander. We've got another person in that site, Brander. End of the day, Brander probably didn't try hard enough. We're not going to go on about that. Jack Williams has got he's got it in front of him now. He's got the future to work with Oscar and Jake, the snake, uh, Waterman. Um, and because uh, he can pinch it in the ruck, I think that's the reason why they picked him. Well, I agree. I think pinch it in the ruck, that's the best um, asset for the Eagles. Not his best asset, but that's what sets him apart for us. So I don't put him in the same like as uh, Brander because I think he's a bit more solid than Brander. Plays a bit differently. He's not as much as a runner, but he can pinch it in the ruck. And I can't help but feel I wish we almost had him last year because we all know how injured and beaten up Oscar Allen was towards the end of the year. Uh, He even had to have end-of-season surgery. Um, So to have Williams there, another forward, young forward we could develop, that then actually pinch hits in the ruck and has a history of pinch hit in the ruck. Perfect for Eagles is exactly what we need. Another one, we just seem to be ticking boxes of needs for the Eagles, and he's another one that does that exactly. I um, I was a bit worried at that because that pick 56, Freeman had the pick before us. And I, and I know a few Freeman people, and they've been raving about this Jack Williams, and I'm thinking, oh, well, this is where he's going to go because he hadn't been picked. And then they went in Next Generation Academy player in Eric Benning, which is very similar. He more of a ruckman, but can play forward. And then when the Eagles just jumped in, the next um, the next pick, my phone's gone off. I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'll tell you what though. Um, not obviously draft by the Eagles, but that Benning is a good kid. Oh, yeah, he will be a very yeah. good ruckman. But he moves. Jumped. He's quick and he moves very fast. The Eagles jumped in straight away, and that was 
That was brilliant to see that they they didn't waste any time. It was probably the quickest pick of the night too, I think. So they really had his name penciled in. So, um, guys, I know he's another forward, and did we need another forward? Well, I think if you look at the draft on a whole, they've been picking players to spots, and that's what you need to be doing, especially later in the draft. So um, pretty happy with that. Now, I don't want to get everyone too excited here. But if you've been on any Eagles pages like Eagle Nation or Next Generation or West Coast Eagles for Life or whatever Eagles page you're on, one player's name kept on coming up every week and then every month. And then when draft time comes on, everyone's going, we want this guy. And just when you think the Eagles had finished for the night, Paul Adelaide jumped in again and... Eagles did a trade, jumped up, what was it, 10 spots, I think? Oh, it, Might have even been more than it, that. I think it was, to be honest, I you think it was a future four. Fourth rounds are funny. I think yeah. we had pick 82. Yeah. But and we, we had, took it with 62. But at, by the time the fourth round comes out, all the teams pass. Yeah. But there were still going to be two, three teams in front of us that could pick Clark. And we bit the bullet. As soon as that trade went through, I was ecstatic. I was like, we might be getting Clark here. We might have traded the fourth round just to jump up the order. So we don't risk losing him. And when we his name came up, I audibly screamed at the TV. I was so happy we got this player. And forget the Facebook page. Just even on this podcast, we've talked about Greg Clark so many times. Wayne, Simpson medalist. Wayne's in heaven. Yeah, oh, mate, I was ecstatic. <laughs> uh, a Simpson medalist this year, best in grand final. 26 disposals, two goals won, 14 tackles. He averages the most tackles in the waffle. But they judge that by five or more games. So you yeah. get the good average. So he averages the most tackles. And that's exactly what we need. And a ready-made midfielder, being 24 years of old, he's the perfect bracket for what we need because we've got lots of young kids. We, we actually do. You know, you've got the Ryans, Oscar Allens. You know, you've got the Watermans. You've got the Rothams and Coles and Nelsons. And, and then... Even younger, you know, you got the, the Winders, the Trues, and then all the players we picked this year, the O'Neills. What we needed was just to strengthen that core between 24 to 27, and that's he fits right in that group. And it's a thing, if this pays off, it will give us prolonged success. It'll stop us bottoming out. Because in years to come, it could be West, it could be Clark, it could be Sheed, it could be Kelly, and then Yo could still be there. That's still a powerful midfield you can build a team around. Well, round one is going to be there because one thing for certain is because Redden's out with a shoulder injury. Yeah. So just uh, mark that name. If you have never heard of him, go and have a look, Greg Clark. And also excited. I did notes on everything. I and mean, when I look at my notes tonight to come here, I've left Greg Clark blank. Well, thank God I'm here because <laughs> I could talk about him all day, honestly. And... For any players out there, I, I hope that didn't get drafted, and I hope they listen to this just because you know I love to get the listeners up. You know what I mean? There was a lot ne- of never lose, yeah, never lose hope. He's his yeah. Six years, he, he entered the draft originally six years ago. You know, and now he's on an AFL list. But and you've was- got Barlow, you, Menengola got dropped, and now is is a cat. You know, Liam Ryan, uh, Rioli. Um, Pritis, Ballantyne, there's a long list of players that didn't get picked when they were 17, 18 year olds and and still make it into the AFL system. So never lose hope. Just put your head down, knuckle down. And he changed his game completely. He's been outside winger. 
Yeah, and now he's a hard ball in and out midfielder. Yeah, yeah. So he's changed his game, and now he's on an AFL list, and he has fans excited. And I'm, for one, I'm very excited to have him on the list. I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. Look, I, um, I said a few expletive words last night, but I can't do on air. Um, he was the under-18s captain in the state side. So that just shows you persistence pays off, and if you've got the will and desire, as Dan says, if you've got sons out there, or even got daughters in the AFLW that get missed out and drafts and stuff like that, you never give up hope. If you want it hard enough, you'll get it, and it'll come to you. So, And I know there's a few picks that, a few players there that I had down that I'm just dumbfounded that they didn't get picked up. I'd love to know the reasons why. I'm going to do a bit of searching around on a couple of them because I'm just still dumbfounded that at least a couple of them didn't get picked by anyone. Um, but that's the way draft is. It's, you know, you had a 1,000 people... Um, <clears throat> go into the draft. I think it was 800 and something, to be exact. And, you know, you had 63 picks in the main draft and you had 24 live picks in the rookie because 12 of those were players that were delisted and relisted, you know. So it's like a lottery and you, you just got to keep putting in and going for it. And Greg Clark, um, I just can't wait. And the good thing is his family's all Eagles supporters, um, so he's glad he ended up at the Eagles. Um, glad to have him. <laughs> so that's pretty good. And it's funny because I think most of the WA kids that were drafted, except three of them, were all West Coast Eagles supporters. Yep. Just unfortunately two of them are playing in purple next year. Well, well that's it. Four, four <laughs> WA boys. And then as we touched on the Vic Country, which I like Vic Country because yep. what you got to understand, they go to boarding schools. They're already away from home. They're used to living away from yep. They don't get as homesick. So... I love that draft pool because we probably won't have the go-home factor. But let's you touched on it briefly then. Let's get on a bit more morbid, sadly. Let's talk about Redden. I'm hearing 10, 12 weeks, his injury. If we learnt anything from this season, which was a horror season, if the players aren't getting a pre-season, if they're underdone, you cannot play them. So Clark, West, any of these young midfielders, anyone that stars in that midfield needs to play. So when Redden comes back, he needs to do a mini pre-season and he needs to go through the waffle because it Real, injuries really hurt us this year. Yeah, they, so as far as I'm saying, it does open the door for Clark. Okay. He's a ready-made midfielder. So if he's fit, healthy, has a good pre-season, he has to come in, and then Redden's got to do a mini pre-season. Yeah. Because Yo wasn't right. He came good towards the end, and I'm hoping we see the best of him again this year. He wasn't right. And Shuey wasn't right. They're our two best midfielders, hands down our two best midfielders. So you can't slot Redden in if he's not right over these other plays because it doesn't work. One of our best games was against Carlton when we played fit players because yeah. a lot of players were underdone, couldn't play. And that was one of our best wins of the year. So I feel we've strengthened our list. We've got all these young players. We've just gone through the draft. We're ecstatic with who we've got. Give them a chance. You've got young True here introduced it. So you got True in the introduction. Winder, Winder as well. Uh, who, another one's uh, – those two, True and Winder, had injuries at waffle yeah. level, you know what I mean? So if they have a great pre-season of fit – they get the opportunity then because we've spoke about this before. We've got that young core there now. Yeah. It's existent. It's there. So although it's so bad, this 10-12 injury, he's not having a preseason now. His hands down not really having a proper no. good preseason. So whoever does have a great preseason, they then come in and he's got to do a mini one once the season starts, as far as I'm concerned. I agree 100%. And I'm glad you brought up True and Winder. you got a Neil. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we can see some... It's a development into young Callum Jemison uh, this year because he's a big prospect and he's probably 
one that hasn't played a game yet. So, and then you've got, and you just look on the periphery, you got Jones there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and if Rioli. Boys, <coughs> Rioli. Who? <laughs> Rioli. Our number one pick this year. Oh, I'm salivating. I think I might go home and do what um, our friend Damo, if you listen out there, I might go home and do a team for round one. Let's <laughs> just see what it looks like. It would be quite hard, I because <laughs> so much defends, like, depends on this preseason as yeah. far as I'm concerned. All right. Um, before we just finish it up on the draft, um, next year um, – the draft's probably not as deep as this year. This one was really deep. Um, it was even all the way till the last pick. Um, next year's probably ain't as deep in my opinion, but that can easily change. But if you're going to look forward, this is a, some names to look out for. Uh, West Coast Eagles next generation guy. Probably our best prospect is a guy called Jordan Baker from East Perth. He's a winger. So think about that name. We'll have a look when you watch Colts and all that next year. Um, you got Jed Hagen from East Frio. He, he's rated the best. If they had a draft now for his age group, he'd be number one. So um, look out for him. You got Jackson Broadbent. He's a ruck. Uh, Elijah Hewitt and Darcy Jones have been getting a lot of media. So people might have seen their names because they played underages in the under 18s this year. Um, there's a kid called Jed Budslinger. What a name! Good name. Um, you know, people will love that one. Jack Cleaver and a guy called Kane Bevan from West Perth. The rest are all Fremantle next generation players, so I won't mention them because probably got no chance of getting one. And one of them is called, no, I won't even say their names. So anyway, they're names you can look out for. Um, so that's our little draft wrap up. And now, oh, actually, there's one more thing I want to get on to. I wanted to do this in the last podcast, and I'll quickly do it. The delisted free agents... I reckon they should have another draft before the, the main draft. And this regenerates all your delisted players. So everyone that gets delisted goes into a pool and the clubs have to have one pick of a delisted player. But they cannot pick somebody from their list. So there's 18 players that get an automatic game or automatic list spot the next year. It's a second chance draw. And I think it should be done like two weeks after the deadline. And just an idea, I'd love to see it happen because there is some players that get cut like, say, uh, Brendan Archie. He just unfortunately, you know, he he could probably play on another list, but people go for the youngsters. And I just think it's something that we need to look at going down the line. Um, What do you think about that idea, Dan? Do you like it? Uh, Nah, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, let's take your window, you say. Well, I just think you've got the D-list free agent period. You've got these things anyway. You've got the rookie draft. If you want that player, you can get them. uh, So you're saying you have to take one. Yes, you have to take one player. I don't like the AFL taking control and, like, forcing clubs to do something. So saying you have to pick a delisted agent, I don't like. You do. We touched on Menengola, you know. So there are players that left a club or were delisted that did become stars. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying there's not there. But there would be a lot more delisted players that didn't make it at AFL level than there would be yeah, true. players that made it. But I've got one for you now. Is that Craig Hutchins yeah. coming out on me, man? Craig Hutchins, yeah. He, he <laughs> tries to throw things out there, doesn't he? <laughs> now, I've got one for you, and this right. one I actually feel strong for. I hate the father-son pit. It helps the Vic Club so much. What I want to see is, yep, you've got a father-son pick, but I want the system to change. Collingwood getting Dacos was a joke. You know, 
Bulldogs playing in a grand final getting Darcy, especially after they got a pick one last year in bloody Eugle Hagen. You know, that was Academy was a farm side. It's not a fair system, mate. There were five father sons, I believe, and four of them were Victorian clubs. It, it's not a fair system. So, so I want to, yep, there's father sons, but do you know what? I want the bidding system to go. It's a joke. Teams will just trade their first pick for three third rounds or a second, you know what I mean, just to get points up. It's ridiculous. It costs them nothing. Yeah. So as far as this is the best way to do it because they're like, oh, well, we can't get rid of it because it's heritage, it's this and that. So the system is a trade system. As far as I'm concerned, if you want someone else's father's son, you pick them. Now, you've automatically got them. And there's pros and cons this for both teams, and I'll explain them after. But then what can happen is the other club can try and tie you with a trade. Say, right, we'll give you our first-round pick that's after yours, but we'll give you next year's first-round pick as well. So all of a sudden, you're actually having to pay for this father-son player that's of high quality instead of getting them for loose change what they're doing and just getting them by default almost. Now, you might think, oh, that's going to hurt the teams that's got the father son yeah it might but you don't get anything free you have to pay for that player if he's that good that's all it is and on the flip side it stops opposition teams bidding on a player they don't actually want they're just doing it to make you force you to match the bid so it actually gets rid of that too because you'll only bid on that player now if you actually want him because they might be like no we don't want to trade or the trading cost is too high but then you don't get him to me, that's a harsh system, but so much fairer. All right. Well, I, I, I like it and I don't. Yeah. Um, I, I love their romanticism about father-sons. But you can right? still get them. You've got to pay for them. But to me, I, I, look, I, I understand where you're coming at, and it's got, it's got its merits. But to me, it's not it's not fair at the moment because in Victoria, they don't have to play 100 games. Eagles have to play 150 games or 150 yeah. wobble. If you're going to be 100 games, it's 100 games across every friggin' club. It's an AFL. It's not the fucking VFL. So if you want to get it right, if it's 100 clubs, 100 games for Collingwood, it's 100 clubs for West Coast. And if that means that the player at uh, waffle level, because they aren't the national, you know, we didn't come up from there. If he's played 100 games at West Perth and the four clubs are aligned to West Perth, that guy should be a father-son rule. Yeah. Right? But, but like, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, the bidding system's shit. And I can see where it comes from. And most people, it's a joke. It's actually a joke, the bidding system on Father Sons. But how would you fix it then if the bidding system goes? Well, like I said, that's a good way to do it. I, I like the, my way. Because you're, you're having to pay for them. You still can access the, that player. That, that, no, but that club, you know, quickly get on. That club, I, I, I want him or I don't. If you don't want him, then you got to deal with a trade, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, it's something to look at. Um, oh, no, they have to agree on the trade. Yeah. So it gives a power. But as far as I'm concerned, you've got Collingwood. How many of the five sons they got on their list right now? Four. Is it's it? about four, I think. Oh. You've got Brown, you've got a couple of Dacosses, and then you've got Bulldogs. It's the same. They've got three or four on their list now. Who's Eagles got? We've got one. Yeah, You know, does Freo have any right now? Well, they don't. Eagles have had chances, but they just haven't been good enough. Yeah, but that's the thing. The, the sample pool's so much bigger. Yeah. And it shows by how many they've got on a list yeah. right now. And as far as it's great because you still got the romance of keeping that family member in, but it takes away you just using that as an excuse, using the romance as an excuse I- to get a player cheap. Because it's like, right... Let's take the romance out of it. You want that. You, it's all about heritage. It's all about history. Great. You can have him, but you need to play. So Darcy was a pick two. Darcy went pick two. So 
as far as I'm concerned, Bulldogs have to go right. We'll give you our first pick this year. We'll give you a first pick next year. We'll give you a second round. Because they don't have great picks. So they're trading as their already player. So they're trading, they're trading the player before they've got him. Basically, yes, in yeah. a sense. But GWS now have that player. But if he's a father-son, you can trade him on trade at night. Yeah. And only if it's – you only can do that if he's under your father-son category. And it's got to be done on draft night. Yes, exactly. Right. And you can talk about it before. Yeah, no. Nah. All good. All right, um, let's go talking a bit about um, – I think we're going to talk a bit about Waffle stuff here now. The Waffle, um, at the end of the season, we were going to forego it and try and go the O-line um, – the model uh, that went to all the waffle clubs, no one could agree on it. Um, Perth didn't want it. Uh, from what I heard, some of the Perth members were doing things at the grand final, handing out flyers don't align with West Coast. You know, you want to think about who feeds you at Laugh Lane now. You're getting a new facility there, guys, and that wouldn't be happening if the Eagles weren't there. Um, East Perth looked at it because the president and ex Eagle, Dean Turner, the backlash was from the, the fans again, the members, so that's all good. Um, but the Eagles now, we got a waffle team locked in for three years, uh, but things have to change because, you know, the waffle presidents are sit there and go, oh, you can't have this, but Subiaco can go get a, an ex-Docker straight off being delisted and add them to a team, but they won't let Peel or West Coast do it. And to me, that just smacks full of... Um, Hypocrisy, and you know, it's just if you, you got to be even, and there's ways you can do it. And I've if you go to the South Australia um, model, West Coast can get any AFL players not played AFL or state league in the past 12 months, they can be added to the list. Uh, they can get a player who's been on the Eagles list for 10 years and he retires, so say Marston. I would have loved that, yeah. You know, I mean, he, they can get him, they automatically can get him, and he can be on their list in the waffle. He only can play waffle. Um, they get a and I think this is one thing that is happening. They're going to get better access to interstate players. I think they're only allowed to like get one or two now. I think they can get a few more. And But they have to be in the age group of 19 to 23. Um, and then if Eagles have got a father and son nominated or next generation picks, they should automatically be allowed to play for the club instead of the Waffle teams they're allowed to because that's what they're, they're paying. They're paying for their development. So they're things that can be used and benefit the waffle and it's not going to make Eagles a Subiaco but it's going to make it a bit more competitive you know what I mean yeah see they're, they're almost running scared but all you got to understand majority of the players that are going to be playing in the second side are kids yeah because they're developing kids the ones you, you picked I mean we picked one mature ager and we've just added five players to our squad. One mature ager. So the rest are 18-year-olds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you haven't got a true. And as far as I said, why wouldn't you want us to go poach interstate players, bring them into the waffle system? All it's doing is making the waffle system better yeah. and a, a, a better spectacle. You know what I mean? Um, they forget who you- so I, I love the ideas you were saying because you want to strengthen the waddle. You, you don't kneecap a team so they don't become good because, in essence, you're kneecapping your own competition. You're making inferior teams, which will then lead to inferior competition. Yeah. And um, I'm telling you, if you look at the bigger picture, I've actually spoken to a couple of West, ex-Wests and Australian 
president, uh, waffle presidents, and they actually, once you're out of the system, they see the benefit in it. And um, it's just the guys that are in charge of them now got to get pull their heads out of the asses and see the bigger picture. Um, and let's hope, you know, in the next three years, it's going to work. So um, a couple of years ago when Eagles did it, they were competitive, but last year was a joke. Well, this, you know, well this, the injuries killed us, yeah. didn't it? It and, and trickled this, down. It's, it's a joke uh, using amateur players. And there's no disrespect to amateur players because I'm one. So, um, but, you know, we're not at that level. And, you know, they don't get the, yeah, they're just, it's just stupid. And waffle people out there, and there's a lot of waffle out there, don't forget who actually bankrolls the waffle yeah so and the last 10 years Eagles uh, last 5 years Eagles have put 10 million dollars into the waffle Fremantle's put 2 million yeah. so don't forget who pays you and keeps you the competition afloat um I want to get off it now. Oh, no, but I, before, because we've had our rant, I'm the positive side. I'm just so happy we got our side. Yeah. I, I am so excited. And it sounded like such a ridiculous comment, but I said to you and Wayne last night with the draft, I'm so excited to see the Waffle Now team play because we've strengthened it so much. You know, if Clark's not playing, well, you've got mature age body in, in the midfield because our midfield was carried by O'Neill and True, which are young because, yeah. you know, at stages, you know, Hutch was injured. Our mature age players were injured. So it was the kids playing there. And then we touched on, we got Collins in the uh, mid-season draft. But before then, we had no def- big defenders. As soon as Edwards came into the side or was injured, we had no key defenders. And now we've got added Bazo to it, you know. You've got Williams now, a big, tall forward that's like a good forward that can now stay forward. So as far as I'm saying, like, I'm almost ex- just as excited not as excited, let's be honest, but to see the Waffle play next year oh, yeah. with this draft hall we've got to strengthen it. Yeah, uh, I can't agree anymore. Um, I've got a little stat for you, and I want to see. Oh, you I like probably it. noticed one if you read it. Who was the only player to play every minute of the 2018 Grand Final? Will Schofield. Oh, damn. Geez. I hadn't read it, but I, I knew that oh, one. Right, cool. And All I think right. he didn't have a goal kicked on him the whole game as well. <laughs> Um, this is a quick question. Eagles and Tigers both lost seven of the last nine games last year. Mr. Finals, who's better chance to play in the finals or will both and play finals next year? I th- both of them were decimated. Surprising both did. They, they do rely very heavily on Dusty. Yeah. Like, and I know that's a bit harsh to say. So if Dusty's fit and Forest should be... I think a lot of teams, I think Essendon overreached, I think GWS overreached, and... Sydney could have just had that one out of the box year that happens when you've got a lot of young players and your your key veterans do it. I remember Eagles did it. We made top four one year um, from basically nowhere, but we dropped straight back down because we were technically still a rebuilding side almost at that stage. And I think we even made a prelim and lost to Cats that year. I can't remember. But That's when we finished last and played a prelim. Yeah, so uh, Sydney could even drop out. You don't know. Like It's just surprising that both club CEOs from the teams that we expected to win finals, both don't like the sand rule. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just surprising that those are the two that were most vocal about it. And the sand rule is in next uh, into the next season. We're going to do a bit of general AFL chat now to finish up the show. Degoe, you know, gets heard on December the 8th. Three uh, charges of assault and harassment left on him. One of groping has been dropped. What do you reckon? Do uh, you reckon he's going to be playing AFL for the Collingwood? Yeah, I reckon they'll they'll put up a tough face and he'll be playing this season. Yeah, he'll, uh... oh, I think that's pathetic. I, I don't think he should. Um, this is the second time both of them got dropped in, but 
assaulting a woman at a nightclub. This is the second time. But what? then the one that hasn't been dropped, his mate glassed a guy. Yeah. And then as he's gone to ground, the guy has been punching and kicking the guy on the ground. Well, like, the, the, why is that not? Willie Rioli missed two years from smoking weed. We, uh, I, I think, I think he will play, but I think the AFL is going to stand tougher on things like this happening. Uh, the NRL do it, so it's a. Uh, Someone that they've got to look at. Liam Jones retired from AFL. I've decided not to be vaccinated. Now that's everyone's choice. Levi Casbolt, well, he was waiting to get the new vaccine, so he must be getting it because uh, Gold Coast was it Gold Coast to pick him up. Yeah, Gold Coast. Gold Coast, Coast when they picked him up, so he's been picked up, given another go. But like you said, you've got they got to. I think the Eagles have got to January the twenty first, and all reports where there were two Eagles left to get it. Um, why they haven't got it yet, I don't understand. But everyone's to, each to their own. And um, Fitch's looking like they're going to be mid December now. We're just waiting on the WA borders, so I'm hoping that. Uh, we get a few good home games at the start and we don't have to go into a hub. Oh, no, I think hubs are behind us. The vaccination rate's going up and that's all WA's waiting for. And it is going up daily, obviously. Um, and they just don't want to do the fixtures until that no. hits the mark. What are we, 90% vaccination rates and the borders just open up? Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to 90 but anyway, close enough. Um, I'm going to name these players, mate, and you got to tell me what they all got in common. Dom Tyson, Josh Bruce, Taylor Adams... Tom Boyd, Sam Frost, Adam Trelaw, Jacob Townsend, Jack Steele, Hoskin Elliott, Nathan Wilson, Devin Smith, Tom Scully, Rory Lobb, Dylan Shield, Will Setterfield, Zach Williams, Jeremy, Jeremy Finlayson and Jeremy Cameron. They've all got syllables in their name. Now, they've all played for GWS and they've all gone to another club. Oh, really? So they don't have syllables in their name? <laughs> but 17, <laughs> 17 players, you put that in another team. <laughs> There's another AFL team. That's, it, that's like, unbelievable. The talent that's left that club. Oh, what that's year? That's unbelievable. Yeah, but what year was it? They, you know, during draft they like to flash back to last drafts. Could it be 2009, 2010? I could be way off. You look at the top ten. 2011, they come in. It was seven of the top ten. Yeah, that was their first. Were GWS players. Yeah. So it was always going to happen. And it was embarrassing to see because, you know, you saw it this year. With, you know, we talked about the jersey on Chelsea. But, but they all stand up there the first round and they've all got their eat like but their only, footy jumpers on and they're all just GWS. But in you saying that only three of them left? They weren't very good players. It wasn't very good. Well, the three that left were the three. Yeah. Tyson, Josh Bruce, and Adams. Yeah. Uh, in the initial was it, seven out of ten. Well, the one I'm trying to think, Patton, it was the Patton draft where he went number one, I think. Oh, I see. I didn't so, even have Patton in there, so I've missed him. Oh, <laughs> so that's 18. Yeah, he went to Hawks, but his drama's yeah. off field again. That, that's a full team, mate. So, yeah. anyway, <laughs> I was found that astounding. That's what happens when you get bored and you're doing stats and stuff like that. <laughs> so, um, look, um, we're pretty wrapped with the draft. Um it's going to be a good pre-season. We'll try and get one more show in before pre-season maybe or just after pre-season. Depends on what's happened with the Eagles. Uh, I think everyone will be watching the next week or so to see what happens with Brad Shepard. And let's hope for his sake that he doesn't have to retire. But if he does, your health comes first, huh? Very much so, very much so. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and um, hopefully you've all enjoyed um, who we picked up in the draft and uh, bring on 2022, eh? Hopefully it comes along very quickly. All right, go Eagles.
Share the West Coast sky I will to 